This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. everybody. Now I'm just going to forewarn everyone that we kind of did part of this in Parshvayichi a couple years ago. It's the Brach of Asher. We also have talked about in previous years, Serech Bas Asher. This is sort of like a Sikum of both of those Shirim together, trying to get everything that you need to know about Asher together. It's a really cool thing to be able to know. So here's the Brach that Moshe Rabbeinu gave him. In Chavdal it says, Ula Asher Amar, Baruch Mi Banim Asher, that Asher will be blessed with children. He will be the desire of all of his brothers, the Tovel Beshemen Raglo, and he'll dip in oil his feet. He'll dip his feet into oil. That's what he's going to have over here. Now, first things first. The first thing is Baruch Mi Banim Asher. What does the word Mi Banim mean? So the Babanel says there are three ways of translating this word. It can mean more than. For example, like when you say Hanachamadim Mi Puz more precious than fine gold. Meaning it's more precious than. It's more than something else. That's the idea. That's the first one. It could also be a reason for something happening. For, exact, for example, mechatos niviel, that this is happening because of the sins of its priests, right, in aecha. Or it could explain where something is simply coming from, that it's me, me Hashem, or me Hashem yatsa dover from Hashem this came from. So the question is, what does this mean? Baruch mi banim. Was he blessed from the children? Is he being blessed because of the children, or is he being blessed more than the other children? Those are the three possible ways of understanding, and all the Rishon grapple with this question in different ways, they just wonder, what exactly could it possibly mean in this case right over here? Again, did his children have such great things that they should be known? Because Can anybody here name a child of Usher offhand? Not even a child, grandchild, great-grandchild. Name me a famous person from Shevet Usher, offhand, aside from Sarah, who's a woman, okay? Now, I have nothing against women, as you all know. It just happens to be, name me a son of Usher. Baruch mi banim Usher. Who in the world is from Usher that you know well? And if you can't think of somebody off the top of your head, then this is a problem. <laughs> there, are, there are not that many B'nai Usher that you'd know about, which is problematic. Now, the Ramban says it simply should be from. It's not just a part of the word banim. It seems like Moshe Rabbeinu is blessing Asher that he should be greater than all of his brothers, right? And that's a problem. Saying that he's greater than the other Shvatim, Asher was, I I, want to say it this way, but he wasn't greater than the other Shvatim. The other Shvatim had a lot of success with a lot of people that came from them, and Asher did not necessarily have that. So he goes in a different way. So Rashi says the most amazing thing, and he says this. He says, Baruch mi banim Asher means Asher was blessed with children, and no other Shevet was blessed with children like Usher was, and says Rashi, but I don't know how. I don't know how. I don't know how it happens. He knows it, he's quoting a Sifri that says it, but I have no idea how this is true. And he doesn't say anything else, he just leaves it at that. The Ramban assumes that Rashi means that he was blessed with having many children. All the other Shots were blessed with wisdom and strength or wealth or something like that, but he was blessed to have a ton of children. But says the Ramban, if that's true, we don't see it happening. There is no place in Tanakh 
where Usher is blessed with more children than the other brothers. We don't see anywhere specifically where it has it that way. There is a place in Divrei Yamim Aleph, Parak Zion, Pasuk Mem, which says, and I'm sure you all know this one by heart, it says, Kol Eben Usher, Asher Roshe Beis Avos Berurim Giborei Chayolim Roshe Enesim Yisiachsam Betzvah Mochama Misparam Anashim Esrim Veshisha Aleph. There were 26,000. It's not said by any other Shevet, but it's still only 26,000. That can't be a huge amount. Even if you say there were huge warriors, great warriors, and it was that, that doesn't tell me that they had a lot of children. Rechaim Paltio says it's even more so. We do have the numbers of the Shvatim. We have it in Parshas Bamidbor. We have it in Parshas Pinchas. And Usher is not the biggest Shevet. They're not even close to being the biggest Shevet. What in the world are we talking about here? So he says one or two different things. Maybe there was a massive plague at some point. Again, this is ma- mamish speculation. Maybe there was a massive plague at some point that didn't happen to Shevet Usher and Shevet Usher survived and they were okay. Or, right, he had many, many grandchildren. And although they're not listed, it's because we don't have those numbers. So the children were not as big, but great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren. At some point, Usher became huge and we just don't have any information. There's just nothing there. That's how Rechaim Paltiel. There are a couple other explanations that try to understand what Rashi's talking about. The Rosh, Chizkuni, and Dasakanim says, if you look, in Parshas Bamidbor, they were counted, there were 41,500. In Parshas Pinchas, 39 years later, there were 53,400, which is an increase of 11,900. Says the Rosh, says the Chizkuni, says the Dasakanim, and all the Balitotos all say the same. They are the largest in increased numbers from count number one to count number two. 11,900 is more than every other Shevet. And that's their numbers. Hold on. The Chizkuni says Menashe is a problem because Menashe also jumped quite a bit. But we're counting in Yaakov's sons, not grandsons. And in sons, Usher is the one that had the most. And therefore, this is his bracha, and that's going to be over here. The Miyamalis talks about this in great detail. He goes into, he goes into two paragraphs about this. But that's the idea, that they jumped from Bamidbar to Pinchas. Shalom, yeah. That's a great question. We don't know. We don't know if it's a bracha for the future or a bracha that already happened. And the Moshe is saying, you are baruch mi banim, Asher. Asher, you have been blessed with more children than everybody else up until this point. Look at what happened over the last 39 years. We have no idea. Or it's in the future. That obviously is the difference between the Ramban and these Rishonim, right? That it's going to be in the future, it's great-great-grandchildren, we just don't have the numbers. Or they're saying it already happened. The Kleoker says, Usher apparently continued to fulfill the mitzvah, pru-revu, right, even when he was much older. There is no proof to this. There is no medrash that says, that he quotes, that Usher was continuing to have children even when he was Mitzrayim, that he had a lot of other children. There is no proof, absolutely no medrash. The Kleoker just assumes that that's what this means. And Uki which is the next Pusik over there, means that he was flowing with youth and vigor, that he didn't feel old. He felt awesome. And that's what means, that even when you were old of age, you still flowed with strength and you had many children when that happened. That's an awesome idea, a crazy idea to think about. But either way, that's the Kleoka right over here. Or Chaim says the exact same thing. He says in Parshish Naso, Zion Ayin Beis, Parak Zion Pasuk Ayin Beis, being blessed with many children means the Shechina is with you. And he proves that from a Gemara Brachos about Obed Edom, who was blessed to have the Shechina by him when he had the Aron Kodesh rest by him, when David Melech was worried, what was he going to do with the Aron Kodesh, when uh, Parats and Uzzah were carrying it, and he put out their hand, right? Parats put out their hand and died. Either way, regardless, that's what it says over there. The Kleoka says another thing. He was already blessed with girls. Kiashruni Banos. In Paraklamet Pasuk Gimel, Kiashruni Banos. So he definitely had girls already. 
Moshe added a bracha for Bunim in the family. You already got your girls, now you're going to have boys. And that sounds like a future bracha, that he's going to have that. But again, no proof, no nothing out there, no pasuk, no medrash, nothing. They just say it's got to be that way. The Kleoker lived in the 1600s. And he's saying, like, it must have been that Usher had a lot of numbers, right, of sons, as opposed to the daughters that they already had. Tzapnas Paneach says something so interesting. This is the, the Rugged Shavarava. So he says, Usher and Yehuda were the only two Shvatim, Usher and Yehuda, that had grandchildren before they went down to Mitzrayim. And Yehuda, Yehuda himself, he lost two of his children before they left Eretz Yisrael. Aaron Ona died. So because they're the only ones that have this, and Aaron Ona are the ones that died over there, so Yehuda ended up losing X, Y, and Z. Therefore, he's the one blessed with children because he had more grandchildren than anybody else before they went down to Mitzrayim because Yehuda lost his kids. That's what the Arvei says, the Tzopnas Panech. Again, I don't even know what that means. The fact that he happened to have grandchildren before anybody else, what does that tell me? What's the bracha? I have absolutely no idea what the Rugged Shover means. Nobody explained the Rugged I saw the Rugged Shover quoted in two different places. And I was sitting there like, somebody help me explain this. But nothing. The party says just quotes him. Other people just quote him. But there's nothing else. And Tzapnas Paneach himself, right in the Sefer, there's nothing there. The Berebasada says a very simple explanation that I think is by far the most obvious. Later on, I saw it in the Pnei David and the Meshachachmo. But the Berebasada should have been the first to have given this answer. He says the following. He says, Benos Usher were well known to be misulakos bedamin. That meant that they didn't have issues with hilchos nida. They did not bleed very often. They didn't have that type of issue from from whatever from their menstrual cycle. That the benosasha were well known for something like that, which meant their husbands would never have a problem of them possibly being in nida while together with them. There was no suffic karis by them if their husbands were with them. Which is such an interesting thing. So many people wanted to marry into Usher's daughters, not because of children, because unfortunately, having children is usually more proficient, more prominent when there's more of a cycle. But they wanted because they knew they wouldn't have a problem of possible Suffolk curries. So they all wanted to marry the Benos Usher. But since they had that problem, Usher as a whole had a problem. If his daughters didn't have the dummy that they needed to have children, how were they going to have kids? When he saw that, Moshe Rabbeinu gave them a bracha that they should have kids. Naturally, they should have wiped themselves out. Naturally, Usher should not have had any children because their wives wouldn't have had the ability to have kids. And yet Moshe Rabbeinu blessed them that they should have kids. So it's more the opposite. The fact that there is a Shevet Usher, that they survived is because of this bracha of Moshe Rabbeinu. They wouldn't have survived otherwise. Because the Benos Usher wouldn't have been able to have these kids without this bracha. The Chidah says this in Pnei David, and it's such a simple teret, such a simple teret. Later, I saw in the Meshachachma, he adds on the following, that Meshachachma says, this probably was only necessary for a few generations, because after that they started intermarrying with Shvatim. Usher didn't just marry their own wives. Obviously, if there was a problem having children, they would have married into other Shvatim, and they would have been fine. The men of Usher would still be fine, because there eventually would have been a second generation, a third generation, etc. But he says this definitely is why the Kohanim Gidolim wanted to marry into these families of Benos Usher. And the Medrash says that the Benos Usher married kings 
and Kohanim Gidolim. Because Kohanim Gidolim have a huge issue of possible Tumah. If there's any possible Tumah, they're knocked out, possibly for a long time. So because of that, they specifically wanted to marry the Beno Sasher, especially when there wasn't this problem, and yet they had the bracha to have children anyway, that was even better. The Kohanim Gedolim specifically chose Beno Usher for that reason, because there were Mislokis Bedamim, but they were still able to have kids. What an unbelievable answer. That's what the Meshachachma says. Now, the Torah's Moshe, the Chassam Sofer, says the biggest bracha that a tzaddik could have is if his children follow in his footsteps. It's also the biggest curse if you're a really bad guy. But the biggest bracha that a person could have is if the children follow and they do exactly what they have, they're tzaddikim like him. Therefore, the bracha is like this, Baruch mi banim usher. You can learn this in two different ways. He was blessed from his kids vicariously by through his kids. Or you could say Meushar, that they were rich in Midos, rich in Torah, like Usher, and therefore his children became like him, and that was the Bracha. Not their increase in numbers, but their increase in awesomeness. They were just awesome. And because of that everything was really good. Rabbi Yudha Sad quotes the Gemara, Baba Basra Kuptazinamadal, which says when David Amalekh left children who were like him, it was like he never died. While Yoav left his children, his children were not like him. Yoav, the general of his army, they were not like him. So therefore, it's as if he passed away. If a father leaves children like him, and again, living through those children, then he gets something. And thus, Asher was blessed, me banim, from his own children. Had he had more and more, that's the idea behind it. It would have said, Baruch bid banim Asher, if you really want to say that he had a lot of children. Baruch me banim means from the fact that they existed, allowed him to continue to live when he didn't think he was going to live any longer. Awesome. Okay, all that is right there. Rashi then brings down that same thing we just set up above, that there's a hint here, that his daughters are not only Mislokas Vidamin, the Benos Usher were extremely beautiful. Other Shvatim wanted to marry in to Shevet Usher, so they would give them a lot of gifts. They would bring a lot of money over to Shevet Usher to ask them if their daughters could marry into their families because of their beauty. And we know they were beauty on the inside, obviously. That's, that's clearly what it meant. It's a very hard thing to understand. Anyway, regardless, right, that's that. The Tzvorah more says this is why he was given an extra bracha, since we usually say that daughters are not considered a blessing. Now, I love my daughters. I would do anything for my daughters. So I'm just going to call that out right now that Devorah is going to watch this and she's going to ask me why I said what I said, right? I love my daughters completely. I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have my daughter first because she literally raised my family when I was at Night Seder. So she took care of everybody for a couple of years. My wife had work and I had Night Seder and she was the babysitter for like three years straight. So she is absolutely amazing. But we normally say, it's in a Gemara, Kufmamalaf and Tazayin and Baba Basra, that having daughters is not considered a bracha. I would assume because there were so many worries that came along with having a daughter, and there were so many things like you weren't sure what to do. And that's the whole thing about Avram Avinu. Did he have a daughter, or did he not have a daughter? When it says, Vashem Barachas Avram Bakol, one opinion is that he had a daughter, because he had to have everything. Another opinion is that he didn't have a daughter, he didn't have to worry about who he's going to marry her off to. Another opinion is that her name was Bakol. That's the Acherim, Rebuta Rameir, and the Acherim altogether. Super interesting, that Machlokas. But over here, the Torah more says, the extra bracha is that over here, Yivarechacha refers to Banami, Yishmarecha refers to Banos, he says. Yishmarecha, that you have to guard them, you have to watch them, because they need Shmira. Here, Usher is told, Baruch mi Banim Asher, that he was going to be blessed. And there are two ways of looking at this. It's a possibility that it's saying, not only is he going to have daughters, he's also going to have sons, or he loved his daughters. And they were awesome. And because they were so awesome, like Serech Basasher, who leads the way, therefore, those were his children. 
sometimes we call banim children altogether, like the general term for boys and girls. And Baruch mi banim asher, he was blessed from those children that he had. They may have been daughters, but they were awesome, and he was considered blessed from it, which totally makes sense. That's the idea that the Torah more says. The Torah's Chaim, the uh, Torah's Moshe, I'm sorry, again, the Chassam Sofer and Torah's Moshe says, it's a tremendous testament for his daughters. They were very beautiful, and yet they didn't sin. If they were able to marry Kohanim, Gidolim, and kings... That means they were of the highest quality of women. There were people who weren't going around using their beauty for illicit purposes. They weren't doing bad things. And that's why the Kohanim Gedolim said, we want to marry them. They were great people. That's the brach over here. The Baruch Mibana Mashir, his daughters were greater than anybody else's and all the other brothers wanted his daughters because they were beautiful and yet didn't use that beauty as an excuse to do things that were inappropriate. That is an awesome, awesome shot that the Chassam Sofer says in Taurus Moshe and that's why they were the very best of Kral Yisrael. Bavasa that I just mentioned before, Rav Chista comes along and says, to me, daughters are better than son, sons. He said, my daughters are better than sons. It could be because Rav Chista had awesome daughters who were married to awesome people. Two of his daughters married Rami Barchama and Marukva Barchama, both Amoraim. And that daughter that married Rami Barchama, unfortunately Rami Barchama passed away, eventually she married Rava. So Rav Chista had three sons-in-law, Rami Barchama, Marukva Barchama, and Rava, and may have had others. We don't know how many other daughters he had. But that's why Rav Chista said, to me, my daughters are greater than sons. Because I, I couldn't ask for more Talmidei Chachamim than Rava, Rami Barchama, and Mar- Ukva Barchama. These are unbelievable tzaddikim that I got as my son-in-laws. That's amazing. And that's the idea that Chida adds. That if you marry your sons and your daughters off to Kohanim, Gedolim, and Malachim, what else could you ask for? You have the king in your pocket and the Kohen Gadol in your pocket. You have everything you need. You have son-in-laws that are absolutely unbelievable. So for that reason, Baruch mi banim asher, that he was blessed from those children or from the other shvatim that ended up marrying into his shevet itself. Chodim Mesholish connects that to the Rashi up above. If Usher's children married Kohanim, Gedolim, and kings, that means that they became very wealthy. Kohanim, Gedolim were given money from everyone else to become wealthy, and a king is a king. That means the daughters were wealthy, which means the sons were the children of the daughter which are the B'nai Banim, and we hold B'nai Banim, Harin Kibanim, grandchildren are like sons, right? Therefore, they were super wealthy. So, Baruch Mi Banim Asher meant the children of Asher were wealthy, really means the grandchildren of Asher were super wealthy, because they all married into the king's family, and into the Kohan and Gedolim's family, and they were all super rich. So, Asher had a lot of money going by his grandchildren. That's how the Chodim Asher and that's the idea behind it. Okay, there's a couple more. Yeah, Dave. Set that up. I don't think it matters. I think it's anybody. I think, it, And it doesn't have to be the king necessarily. It just means princes. It could be like anybody. Anybody wanted to marry, and the king families wanted to marry into so, that. The question I have, I guess, is it seems like there's a lot of, like, taiva-oriented things and a lot of, like, shokhat-oriented things. Like, you want them to marry so that you can get, like... I, it just doesn't seem very, See, like, I don't want to go into this, but you're, you're 100% right, because the way we go into certain things, especially when it comes to door, and I, I kind of made fun of it before when I said, like, I, they were beautiful, so beautiful on the inside, but clearly the Pusik is referring to beauty on the outside. There's no question that that's what it refers to. I, I always wonder if the reason why we do this, because, again, there is no mention of anything of Olam Haba in the Torah itself. Not directly, not even, indirectly a little bit. Olam Haba is really relegated to the side. And we once gave a share on that. The Kliyakar has six reasons why that's so. And we have Nora Chaim HaKadosh that talked about that as well. Why the Olam Haba is sort of like put to the side and we don't think about Olam Haba in the Torah. And one of the main reasons is because the Torah doesn't want to give you something that it can't prove. 
So it'll prove it to you by saying, here's what you get. You get stuff in Omaha, this is what you have. Rabbi Victor Miller talks about all the time how the beauty of a person really should show what the inside of the person was. He said, it's not a joke that the Avos HaKadoshim and the Imahos were called beautiful, called good-looking, that they were supposed to be that way. Because when you see somebody who has that good looks, it accentuates the positive traits that they have and shows that they're not just good on the outside, they're also good on the inside. There's something to that. I think that's the answer to your question. I know it seems like we're concentrating on the outside and the gashmias, which shouldn't be the ichor and the brachas well, of Moshe Rabbeinu, really but I think it hints like, to something else. You're saying that they want to marry them because they don't go into Nida, which clearly is like because of Heidegger reasons. Or, or no, no, no. I, 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 I tried to, I tried to, stre- no, I tried to stress this. That the reason why is because they were, they didn't want to have an issue of a Suffolk nido. That was the issue. Speaking nidos was the biggest issue. That if a person is together with a nida, then there's a chi of karis. So they didn't want to even have the Suffolk of that happening, and that's why. I know what you're saying. Like it definitely sounds like Taiba. but the Rishonim said it very clearly that way. The Rishonim said it very clearly that it was because of that reason of something Nita and not because of Taiba. But I hear it. I hear it. It obviously also includes Taiba, and maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's part of understanding what they had to, what they had that they understood that even Taiba could be used correctly. If used correctly, could be something good. It very well could be, but I don't know. Okay, but now let's get to a different explanation. All that was Rashi. The Ramban comes along and he gives his other explanation. He says, right, and this connects to the next part of the Pasuk, that the Mem is explaining who it is rather than explaining why he has more than others. For example, Usher would be blessed from his brothers, from the other children of Yaakov. We sort of gave an explanation to that within Rashi, but the Ramban says it straight out, but not because of his daughters, because of his land. Usher had the most bountiful, beautiful land with olive trees, olive groves that grew all over the place. And Usher was known for this. And because he had all of that land all over and everything was growing in his land, everybody came to him and they blessed him for that. They had oil baths there that they all took, which apparently was a big thing back then. Don't know, I don't think I'd ever taken an oil bath. Doesn't sound like a fun thing, but maybe it was a different type of oil than what we're used to nowadays. But they took oil baths, and that's that. And that's the idea of Yehi Ritsuyakov. His brothers will love him because Usher shared with them. He shared of his wealth and his greatness with other people, and therefore they were happy. The Chsam Sofer says the Bunim were not literal. Right? That might be what we're referring to over here. The Bunim are not literal. All of the people who came to his land to buy things from him, they didn't Usher didn't care who they were. He treated them as if they were his children. Baruch mi banim Asher. Usher seems to have everyone in his children because he allows everyone to come into his land and use his stuff. And Usher was completely able. You want something? Take it. It's all yours. He didn't care. It's not that he didn't work for it. not that he didn't care. He saw what he had and he knew that it was a blessing from HaKadosh Baruch Hu and he was willing to give everybody else. And that's Baruch Mi Banim. He literally gave to everyone and treated them as if they were his children. The Miyam says, even though that's true, they still continued to work. Usher did not just relax and chill out because they have all, everything's taken care of and now they can just retire and everything's in the line. They don't even have to do anything. They still worked hard. They still did things. This story that's mentioned, the men of Lutkia that went to Shevet Usher to buy oil in Menachos, they went to go buy oil and what they did is they saw the man that was living there and they said, they saw him working in the fields and they're like, this guy doesn't have enough oil for us. We need a ton of oil. 
And the man in Lutkia, who was working the field, came to them and said, how much oil do they need? They said, an exorbitant amount of oil. And he said, all right, I'll go take care of it. And he bathed his feet in oil after he finished his work. He gave them a ton of oil. He said, do you need more? They said, yeah, we could use more. He's like, all right, I'll give you a ton more. That's what they saw. They saw a man who was extremely wealthy, who had an absolute ton of oil, who was still working in the fields themselves. That's the bracha vasher. They may have been wealthy, but they understood the concept of working hard, and they kept doing it. They kept doing it, not to make more money, but because they understood they couldn't waste their time. They couldn't waste their time. They couldn't do, they couldn't do other things. Targum Yonasan says the bracha of Moshe Benu to Usher is that he should be remembered for all of those good things, including the land for his daughters and everything together. Oznayim Latorah talks about that as well. The Meshiloch, the Ishbitzer says, it's not usual that people praise the wealthy for their wealth. That doesn't happen often. Usually when you have a wealthy person, you have a bunch of people who are just jealous of them. They're just like, oh, why'd he get that? I wanted that. Usually that's what ends up happening. You see a house outside and you don't say like, I, Victor Miller says he would do whenever he walked by a house. Baruch Hashem! The Jewish people are a wealthy nation. Instead, we go by and she's like, oh man, I wish I had that house. You see a guy driving a really nice car. You're like, oh man, I wish I had that car. That's the usual. When it came to Usher, everybody was like, Usher's awesome. They loved him. They wanted him to have more wealth because they knew that they were the ones who reaped the benefits. Usher was the person who was like that and that's how the Meishu Loch puts it. He was filled with goodness and yet was Ritzuyachov. How often can you say that about a wealthy person in Klal Yisrael? Unfortunately, it just doesn't often happen that way. The Imre Shepherd says not only that, they were born leaders. Usher was born leaders and they didn't let it get to their heads. There were people who were filled with wealth and great things and still did not allow it to get to their heads. All this is the same basic idea that Tzedel Adar says from the daughters itself, etc. and stuff like that. Now, there's a little bit more from Rashi, but let's go on to the next thing because we don't have that much time over here. Soramor says this extra bracha they received here was given to him because Moshe Rabbeinu listed him last in the number of the Shvatim. If you look, it is really interesting. Usher's last. Usually it's done, right? But Usher is the one that's listed last out of all the Shvatim. It's the only time in the Torah where it has. So he said, the way that the Soramor says it, is if he said, Achron, Achron, Chaviv. Right? The last one is more beloved. And it's not a joke. Usher is the one that's Ritsui Echov. Right? Eina Hanami. Yes, 100%. He is listed last. Somebody has to be last. But he's the one who's the most wealthy. He's the one that's the most blessed. He's the one that the brothers are like, wow, this guy's awesome. That is the one that's, that's called, right? Ritsui Echov. It's like sort of how done was the Ma'asef Lakoa Machanos. He gathered in all the people. He, Usher, was the Ma'asef when it came to whatever it is. Wealth, daughters, power, whatever it was, he's the one that had all that. Shach says that the extra bracha for Usher was due to the brilliance of Serech Bas Usher. We all know that Yaakov, Yaakov Avinu at the end of his life gave brachas to the Shvatim. It's possible that Yaakov was never planning on giving brachos to the Shvatim. He probably always wondered about what happened to Yosef. It's out of taking all the Midrashim out that he knew or he did whatever it was. It's possible, and we see from the first three brachos, Reuven, Shimon, and Levi are not very nice brachos. Reuven was pretty harsh. Shimon and Levi, they're clay chamas mecherosehem. And Yehuda, he started the bracha by Yehuda, really. But each one of them is a bracha given by Yaakovinu. It's possible that without Sarah Basarsha, they would have got, never would have gotten a bracha. Why? The brothers didn't know how to tell Yaakovinu that Yosef was alive. Because obviously he would have a lot of questions. And they didn't want to face those questions, so they refused to go up to him and tell him. Sarah Pasasher, as we all know, serenaded Yaakov and sang the music to be able to tell him Yosef Atzadik is still alive. 
And at that moment, Yaakov Avinu got his Ruach HaKodesh back, knew she was telling the truth, and gave her a bracha that lasted, that either she would go to Gan Eden alive, or she would live a very long time. Both of them happened. Sarah Basasher lived over 600 years, and she went to Gan Eden alive, according to the Gemara and Derek Aradzuta Paragalaf at the very, very end. So she got both of those brachos. And from there, Yaakov Inu didn't care what happened to the Shvatim. He went down to see Yosef Atarik and gave each one of the Shvatim the bracha that they needed. That's the idea that happened over here, says the Shach, because Shevet Asher is last, it's as if all the brachos were contingent on him, because they were. They were contingent on Sarah Bas Usher getting that bracha for everybody else. That's a really awesome shot, which leads to one of the craziest midrashim in the world. The Balaturim, right over here, says, when the Shvatim sold Yosef Atzadik down into slavery, they swore to each other that anyone that tells another person about what happened, about Yosef Atzadik being sold, that man will be excommunicated. Later, when Serach Bas Usher had Ruach HaKodesh, and told Yaakov that Yosef is still alive. According to this Medrash, Sarah was not asked by the Shvatim to do so. Sarah Pasasha was singing and playing the music for her grandfather, and then, like in her mind, she said, Yosef Atzadik is still alive. She had that rule of and said it. The brothers were super angry, super angry at Usher, thinking that he had told Sarah what had happened. So they excommunicated him. They wanted to have nothing to do with him. Nothing to do with them whatsoever. When a person is excommunicated, there's four things that they can't do. They can't hang out with other people, not allowed to be together with their wives, can't anoint themselves with oil, and not allowed to wear shoes. The brachos, boruch mi bonim, he's going to have children, that means he can be together with his wife. Yeretzoyachov, he can hang out with other people. Tovol b'shem and raglo, he can have oil again. Minachoshes minalechas, in the next Pasuk, you're going to have shoes, you can put your shoes back on again. Says the Balaturim, they all forgave him and gave him back. And Moshe Rabbeinu is hinting that, hinting to that Medrash, right here by saying that he was able to be brought back, which is a crazy thought. But the Orachayim HaKadosh in Parshas Naso says from the Sifri that it was a different reason he got excommunicated. Usher told his brothers what Ruvain did. When Ruvain moved the bed, when it says by Yishkav Ruvain is Bila Pilegish Aviv, that he slept with Bila, but it's not literal. It means he moved the bed of Yaakov, you know, out of Bila's tent into Leah's tent when Rachel Imenu died, right? When he did that and he told them what Ruvain did, they immediately put him in excommunication. They excommunicated him. They put him in harem for saying such terrible things about Ruvain. Only later, when Yehuda admitted his deed, which caused Ruvain to admit his deed, did the brothers then look at Usher and say, Oh, you were telling the truth. You were telling us the truth. And they took him out of that harem. They brought him out of the harem that they put him in. Aha! I have that question. I don't know why nobody asked that question. I have no idea why that's not Lashon The only answer I have is that somehow this was important for them to know and they needed to know why the bed had been moved from one place to the other. I have no idea why it's not Lashon I have no idea why nobody asks it. I went into other partials to try to find this question. I could not find a single person that asked the simplest question. I even looked up the index of the Chafetz Chaim just in case I missed it, but I've done the Chafetz Chaim a bunch of times. I, I have no idea idea why in the world no one mentions this. I have no answer for that. No answer why it's not considered Lashon Hara. You can see on the sheet itself, I wrote over here, I was just like, why is this not Lashon Hara? This does not make sense to me, even if it was correct, why it not be on Lashon Hara? Not only that, if you look at Ritsui Echad, the Tovo B'Shemen, the Rashi Tevis in the last letter of Nun is Ruvain. 
It's Ruvain to be able to hint to this measure. I found the Chizkuni brought this down, the Rechaim Paltio, the Bechor Shur, the Rokeach, the Rabbeinu Ephraim. All of these Rishonim mentioned what the Orachaim HaKadosh does, and nobody mentions that it's Lashon Hara. I have no clue. I'm Amish, don't know anything. Either way, last thing, there's an amazing Medrash. I talked about this once before. Sif Seit Tzadik Ozbov says that Usher sits outside of Gehenim. Sits outside of Gehenim. And he saves anyone from B'nai Yisrael that learns Mishnayis. If you learn Mishnayis, he will save you from Gehenim. Thus he's blessed with Bunim who learn Mishnayis. Baruch mi Bunim Asher is that he has children that learn Mishnayis and they're all his children. Medrash Talpio says by the word Aphod on page 201, that he had the letters Yasher by his name on the Choshen. You know, there were all the people, all the Shvatim were written on the Choshen. There were six letters per thing. So some said, Avram Yitzchak Yaakov, Shivte Yeshurin. Yud Shin Resh was by Usher's stone. Usher had Yud Shin Resh. Yasher was on his stone. Why those letters? Because he learned more Torah and Mishnayis, he says, than all of his brothers. More than Levi, who was designated to learn his whole life. More than Yehuda was the Rosh Hashiva. Usher learned more Torah and whatever Mishnayis they had, he learned it all more than everybody else. No other Shevet can save someone when they're told to go to Gehenna. But Usher, right, because of his generosity in his lifetime, is able to stand there and in his chus of the Mishnayis that you learn, he's able to save you. May Usher, Shmeina Lachmo, turn around the letters of Shmeina, Shin Mem Nun He, is Mishna Lachmo. Whenever it says Shemen by Usher, it's referring to learning a Mishnah. In the schus of those Mishnahis, Hu Yitain Madane Melach, he will give those people to Aden, to Gan Aden. Shem Egdolim says, says Marechas Aleph Os Nun Aleph. Is that unbelievable? Usher was not just the most generous of people, had the most beautiful daughters and the richest of people. He was the person who was able to save everyone from everything. And my only question is how to connect those two Midrashim. The Lashon Hara Medrash and the Medrash of how Sarah Bas Usher found out and him getting excommunicated. I think it feels like, doesn't it feel like Usher was that guy who was excommunicado, he had nothing to do with the brothers. They had nothing to do with them. He was kicked out as if he was in Gehenna and got brought back. And for that, he feels like he can bring everybody back. Doesn't that sound like that's what the Medrash is trying to say? That he's able to do it? Yes. So it seems like he got everything, so what's left for the other flood? The little bits and pieces. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Ruchnias? (laughs) <laughs> They're obviously every single Shevet has something. We talked about God before, God's warriorness and what he was able to do on the battlefield, his strength when he fought the Yitzhahara. That was God. We talked about Dun before, Dun being able to be the trickiest of all the Shvatim, be able to do certain things. Every single Shevet was given something which was absolutely awesome. Yeah, no, 100%. Usher was blessed with one of the greatest blessings of all time. And that, by the way, oh, that's it. thank you for reminding me. That's the reason why we now have an answer. Where are Usher's kids? We don't mention them anywhere. They're gone. Like, do, again, can you name a kid of Usher? You've got a half an hour. Have you come up with a name? Somebody from Shavit Usher. <laughs> right. Why haven't you? Because Usher's kids sat and learned or worked and gave their money to other people. They were tremendous and of him. They were not known by other people. You notice how he says, we're blessing the daughters. What's the greatest bracha that the Torah gives the daughters of man? That they are known as sinuos. And they don't tell other people what they're doing. That, that's what they say about Yal, that she was blessed from the women in the tent. Usher was well known because he didn't make himself well known. Usher was somebody who doesn't have anybody that you can think of because he didn't want to be a leader. He allowed other people. He was perfectly fine with other people taking over. 
That was the greatness of a person like Usher. And I think that all connects to this idea of who Usher was as a person and what Usher's children became, which is a crazy idea. Okay, we'll have to talk about it. Let's stop right there, guys.